first of all, hallelujah! It is, it is fourth and 26. McNabb is back. He's looking. He is firing. And it is caught by Freddie Mitchell. And Pazarczyk fumbles the football. It's picked up by Herman Edwards. 15, 10, What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Sundays for the Birds, a proud production of Old City Sports Network. We are your hosts. I am the mayor of John Street, joined by Jake Long and Kyle Not-So-Sharp. Boys, how we doing today? Kyle, we'll start with you. I'm doing good. I'm ready to do this podcast with y'all and listen to you guys grossly overreact to one Eagles loss. It's not an overreaction. We went over this in the fucking pre-show. It's justified bitching. God damn it. But before we get into my justified bitching, I'll go to a man that probably agrees with me with everything I'm going to have to say later on in the podcast. One, Jake Long. Jake, how you doing, brother? Good, man. Uh, cold out now. Uh, Monday nice. night was pretty damn cold. I'm sure, um, Sean, you were bundled up too. And nothing, some fireball and beers didn't help. But a win would have helped a lot more keep keep me warm than any of those. So, You ain't kidding. Ain't nothing more warm and fuzzy on a 30-degree night than a goddamn W. And yep. Unfortunately, the boys couldn't deliver that. So let's just dive right into it. Um, the Eagles lost here week 10 to the Washington Commanders, 21-32. to um, It was a little closer than that. There was a last-minute touchdown by the Commanders just to kind of seal the deal, uh, kind of offset the scoreboard a little bit there. Um, but I'll be honest with you, beyond all the reasons that I stated through our Twitter profile as to why we lost this game, we also just couldn't capitalize on every opportunity that we were given in the fourth quarter to fucking win the game. The turnovers, the sloppy run defense, the lack of presence in the middle of the field. I mean, it, fucking Terry McLaurin looked like Michael Thomas out there just running fucking slants on slants on us like there was nobody in the middle of the field that could slow down Terry McLaurin and Darius Slay you're not you're not getting a free pass either like I don't know what you think this is like beyond what you did on the field what you said in the media in the press conference afterwards was way worse I'm a happy guy I'm not too bothered by this blah 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 no this is Philadelphia we live and die with the Eagles AJ said the same thing, I think. And he ain't getting a free pass either. Like, I get it. It's a week-to-week league, and you can't get hung up on it. But, dude, you just lost. You just got your ass kicked by a division rival 15 minutes ago. And you're already happy-go-lucky? 
Yeah, Darius, I'll give it to you. You're going home to a hot piece of ass. You got something to be happy about. But you just got your ass kicked 15 minutes ago. And that's all I have to say about that. Jake, I'll let you take it over from there. Uh, before I get started, I'll just uh, give our lousy uh, recap of the week. Week 10 recap with Sundays for the Birds. After a strip sack by Josh Sweat, you'll see Hertz start the scoring with a one-yard QB keeper right up the gut. The Commies answer right back with a one-and-a-half-yard score by Antonio Gibson. Birds come down the field and regain the lead with a jump pass from Hertz to Goddard. Brian Johnson Jr. gives the Commies the lead with a one-yard touchdown run. Running through the week, Fletcher Cox, like usual. And then right before half, Joey Sly with a huge 58-yard field goal. What a huge kick by Sly. Eagles down 23-14 to start the fourth, and Smith brings back in it with an 11-yard touchdown catch. But then the invisible face mask, the worst call we've seen in a long time. Also injured our man Dallas Goddard. Pretty much seals the deal. Eagles lose 32-21. First taste of loss of the season. 8-1. Go Birds. Alright, so after that recap, um, the refs were terrible, but I think the coaching of the Philadelphia Eagles was even worse. I agree. Miles Sanders having the best season of his life. He touches the ball one time in the first half. It's just... An absolute joke. I don't know what the deal with that is. I didn't hear anything about like a nagging injury or something like that to keep him out. So th- there's no excuse for that at all. Coming out with so many passes, understand that uh, when we drove down the field the first drive, I guess maybe they thought they were going to be able to keep doing that. But teams make adjustments. And you're up by, what was it, 17 to 14 or um, 14 to 7. And you're not running the ball to keep their offense off the field. When you see your defense's inability to stop anyone on third down right now, run the ball. It's our our strength. When we need those eight-minute drives in those games where teams were starting to crawl back into it, what we do, we ran the ball down people's throats. Eight, ten-minute drives. Do that in the second quarter, it, it's a whole different ball game. But, no, they, they, they wanted to run up the score. They want to show everyone on Monday night that, that they were the top dogs. But, Sometimes division games, people start figuring out your tendencies. Washington was pissed. We kicked them in the face the first meeting, and they came out ready to kick us in the face the second time, and they did. But I will say that face mask call did change the game. Absolutely. 100% changed the game. Well, and and I'll concede that it changed the game also, but there was plenty more opportunities for them to win the game other than that particular drive. The the, the fumble was huge. I, it just the Quez Watkins, I think, was that was terrible. That, that was terrible on him. I mean, and right after I, just, I called for him to have a coming out party. Yeah, and I don't even think my thing is is it wasn't that good of a throw either. I mean, he was wide open. He should have been burnt and led for a touchdown. He catches it, falls down, gets up, and ball security just wasn't there. And hell of a play by the, by the defense. But you got to know when you're in front of someone, you're getting chased down, 
the first thing you're going to do is club that ball. Exactly what happened. Yep. And he fumbled it. And I think that was the real, other than the face mask, because obviously it would have been 15 yards. But that should have been a touchdown. I agree. And that's, that's a momentum killer. I mean, you oh, just yeah. hit what should have been a a devastating play against the commanders, and you give the ball right back in the yeah, same I mean, play. I mean, I talk see, about the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Yeah, I've seen it from my seats. I, I, as soon as I, the play was snapped and i seen Quez, I said touchdown. And the ball wasn't thrown so great, and then he got caught and fumbled. I mean, but as soon as i seen him get open, I said touchdown. And then that happens. It was just like a complete flip of emotions going from a high, like, oh, we're going to win this thing, to it's one of those nights. I can live with the throw. It wasn't great. But I can live with it. It was still put in a position where Quez was able to make the catch. Mm-hmm. My issue is with the fumble. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, like, that's day one football. You're, you're taught day one, take care of the ball. Don't ever get up unless you know you have a chance to score. Take the yards that you got. It's no different than when you try and pick up a fumble. Scoop and score, or do I just fall on it and get possession? Unless you're a corner and you can burn, leave the ball, let just lay on top of the ball, be happy that you got it. And in that situation, like, I get it. Quez is trying to make a name for himself in this league. He's trying to make plays. But that's a, that's a classic example of trying to do too much. I would have been very happy with the yards. That's still a huge momentum-building play and a devastator to the commanders. And, unfortunately, we had to give it right back. We gave all the momentum right back. So – Recapping the game, what was the biggest issue? I mean, I know I know the, the face max was a terrible missed call. I think we can all agree on that. What was the biggest issue with how the Eagles played and why they lost the game, in your guys' opinion? The defense's inability to get off on third down in the, in the first half. Yep. It's completely killed us. I mean, they ran, what, 49 plays in the first half? That's more than we ran all game. Maybe it was 51. It was – Something outrageous. Ridiculous, yeah. but, and I mean, you throw it on third down every time. It was a slant route to McLaurin. And there's nobody that, in the middle of the field. It was either that or two yards to go, and they just ran it right down our throat because all of our defensive line are, are heading straight up field for a sack instead of sealing for, um, you know, the run. That I mean, I, I know they didn't average a lot per carry, but they ran 49 times. They ran it effectively. Yeah, yeah we ran it f- 47 plays total. They ran the ball. 49 times ran 81 plays time of possession was what 40 minutes to 20 that's outrageous and that's why i said in the first half when you see your team's inability to get off the field your offense isn't in a rhythm start running the ball give your defense a break fletcher cox had to play 70 snaps only got seven tackles he sucks (laughs) but i think the run defense and the inability to Get off the field on third down. And the linebacker play was, I think, awful all around. Stopping the run, stopping the pass. They just – I don't know if it was a scheme, but they they definitely weren't on top of their game. 
All right, so so a couple things for you guys. Um, Sanders only touching the ball one thing in the first one time in the first half. I, I knew he wasn't really involved. I didn't realize it was literally only one time. Yep. I don't know at what point the and Eagles. And by the way, that one play was huge. I don't know at what point the Eagles stopped forcing this uh, Kenny uh, Gainwell thing. Like he he clearly just don't got it. I don't know at what point they stopped forcing that. I mean, you you want to play Boston Scott some, that's fine, but yeah. Kenny Gainwell just ain't it. Uh, and then on defense, right? So I, I guess a lot of people are upset about the run defense. I don't think they're really effective. I think it was more the fact that Washington stuck with it. I think the game plan was pretty clear to control the clock, keep the Eagles offense off the field. I don't think the run game was really that effective for them. It's just the fact that they stuck with it. I mean, I know, like, you know, they won run over 10 yards. I know, like you said, they weren't real uh, – they didn't average real good yards per carry. If you run the ball so many times, of course you're naturally going to get the yards. I don't think the run defense was that bad. Again, I think it was more, you know, McLaurin just kept torching them. It's not so much but, the yards, though. It's where the yards came. It, it was demoralizing. The they, fact that they were they, able to line up and say, we're going to run it down your throat on third and three and anywhere closer, and we're going to pick it up – and we're going to stay on the field and continue to tire out your defense. That's okay, I, running the ball well. I think they missed uh, – you know, they, they they converted some short downs on third down. But, again, that's smart football, getting yourself into third and manageable and third and, you know, short so you can convert those things. So, again, that's a, a good play by the Eagles. And now I want to circle back to Jonathan Gannon, right, because, you know, there's been some, oh, hot and cold on him or whatever. If you're really worried about the run defense and if you, you know, you do struggle on getting – off the ball or off the field on third down. I'd like to see just one time go to three off ball linebackers. You know, that, that would help tremendously. It's just, they're always in nickel and they just, they never play three off ball linebackers. I think that would help, you know, maybe just like not all the time playing that, but especially in a game where they ran the ball so many times, I don't understand why we just never make an adjustment. Like that feels like something that has to be done it at some point throughout the game, right? Especially on a third and three or third and two when they're converting them over and over by running the ball. I think they overplayed their hand at the linebacker position and went too aggressive on guys that can rush the passer. Yeah, they I, honest, totally I honestly feel that we, we have one linebacker that can cover effectively, and it's TJ Edwards. And, and he's not on Kaiser White guy. there? Kaiser White, he's a, a more speed guy and small. I mean – He's the size of a safety, and that's another thing. Our safeties are small too. Usually, you at least have one big guys. If you look at the NFL now, it always goes back, and now it's going back to the running game. It's been the most rushing yards in the league in a long time because everyone's in nickel and dime. Everyone went smaller linebackers, so teams are like, "Fuck it, you want to put a two hundred and fifteen pound linebacker out there? I'm going to send my." Uh, 330-pound guard on a pool to kick you out and have my 225-pound running back run you over. You know, that that's interesting. You bring up that rushing's up more than it's been in years past. I don't think that really has to do with the schematic things of playing versus smaller boxes. I think it's more so the quarterbacks. I mean, quarterbacks are rushing for more yards than they ever have on average. I think that's more contributing to the rushing stats. But, but so a lot of those are designed quarterback runs as well. Oh, there's a lot of scrambles, too, if you watch the yeah. game. I mean, some, some of those guys. But, yeah, there is design QB runs as well. But I, I think the key thing is I, I know you guys are down, and I, I knew it afterwards. I was like, I knew you guys were. But I think the key thing to note is the Eagles were in first place in the conference before the game started, and their first game, first place after the game started, or after the game ended, excuse me. I keep stumbling over my words. 
you know, so it's it's a division not, game. You never was, go undefeated in the division. Like things happen. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I was pissed off just because it was Commanders prime time. I was course, freezing, I freezing my balls off. So it, it sucked. But then you know, I have it. Couple of days, I I watched the condensed game. I'm like, you know, that last touchdown, throw it, throw it out the window. We lost 26 yes. yeah. to 21. Okay, lost my Devonte Smith prop on that play, by the way. But yeah. I'm not upset. Yeah. I'm not upset. 26 to 21, we lost by five with playing our worst game of the yeah. season by far. I mean, yeah. you've seen it all game long. Just sloppy, bad plays. Couple really, really bad calls by the refs, but like I said, I don't want to harp on the refs. You know, you can't leave it in their hands. I like that the players did say that, but the face mask call when you see that fucking back judge looking straight down at the play, and you just see Dallas Goddard's head getting yanked down like someone's trying to rip it off. I don't understand how you don't see that, but hey, we still had chances to win the game. And we just didn't capitalize. And we lost a turnover batter for, for the first time this season. Yeah. And end of time of possession battle. So you're not going to win games many times when it's like that. So commanders, you know, good job. You know, I know a lot of the commanders fans out there, you know, you won your Super Bowl. So um, Congratulations. you better win this week because I got the Texans in my survivor, or uh, the commanders in my survivor pool. So if you lose this week, I might kick all your ass. <laughs> So, I think we can all agree that this was a piss-poor performance. And what really scares me is it's two weeks in a row. You know, you kind of chalk Houston up to, oh, it was a short week. Uh, They played like shit, but they still won. But you know what? They played like shit, and they still won against one of the worst teams in the league. And then they come back the next week, and you say, oh, well, they still had a chance to win the game. And, yeah, they still had a chance to win a game against one of the worst teams in the league and worst team in your division. So it's really starting to fucking worry me. Like, you're playing down to your opponents. And and what's going to happen? What's going to happen as we move through? You know, we, we talk about this being a cupcake schedule. Well, if there's a lot of cupcakes on there, there's a lot of teams that you can play down, that you can play down to. We got to stop playing down to our competition. We need to rise up and treat every game equally and treat every game like it's our fucking last and take home every goddamn W that we can. Because you know what? Yeah, we're still in first in the NFC. But we're only in first by a half a game, and that's only because we have the head-to-head over, over fucking Minnesota. I'm and we just saw Minnesota go toe-to-toe with Buffalo, and while they tried, they had every opportunity to lose that game, they still pulled it out in the end, and they still found a way to win. And our schedule isn't easy coming up. I mean, you got a Colts team with a new coach on their running identity again. You got the Packers. Yeah, I'm not scared of Jeff Saturday. You, you got the Packers who just – I mean, Aaron Rodgers always does well against us. Titans, Giants, Bears. I mean, Bears aren't the greatest, but they're, they're no letdown. You know, they, they can run the ball. I mean, they got – And you've seen this team struggle against scrambling quarterbacks, and that's one thing that fields can do. Cowboys, Saints, Giants. It's not an easy schedule. So they, they better um, take this loss and light a fire under their ass and get ready because it's not going to be easy. I agree. You guys got anything else on the Washington game? 
you, you brought up the Bills Vikings game just bri- briefly. That Justin Jefferson catch, that was the best catch I've ever seen. I just want to throw that out there. I know people bring up the Odell catch, the David Tyrese catch. That was the best catch I've ever seen. So I just want to throw that out there. He's the best receiver in the league, hands down. He's, he's, he's freaking good. I'm, I can't deny I just that. want to point out that we still could have had him. Yep. And now he, uh, his little brother's on the sideline watching because he barely plays. Yep. All right, you guys got anything else on the Washington game? Or are we uh, we ready to move into our uh, – like, I guess if you even want to name a dog of the week. but Yeah, we can do the bad dog of the week. All right, let's do it. All right, guys, Dog of the Week brought to you by my dogs over at Neshaminy Creek Brewing Company and Sterling Pig Brewing Company. Neshaminy Creek Brewing Company right in the heart of Bucks County, home of some fine craft beverages, available anywhere fine beverages are sold. Uh, One of my favorite craft beers, hands down. Also, Sterling Pig Brewing Company, now available at your local Acme out in Delaware County. Uh, I always recommend the Orange Street Wheat. It's one of my favorites if you're looking for a smooth sipping, a little bit fruity beer. Um, That's our friends over at Sterling Pig. Make sure you check out the Tap Room in Media and uh, look for them again, like I said, at your local Acme. Um, I know that they do carry them out in Delaware County. So, Dog of the Week, guys, we all mentioned it was not a great week. you know, one of the worst performances that we've seen from this team so far. Um, Jake, I love your idea. I, I think we're going to roll with it. Bad dog of the week. So uh, I'll start with you. Jake, who are you nominating for bad dog? Fletcher who Cox. needs some crate training? Fletcher Cox. He needs uh, – they need to stop feeding him for a while because, you know, when Jason Kelsey said they were hungry dogs, it, I think um, Fletcher Cox ate all the food after the Super Bowl. And he's still a full dog, and he's just – he gets pushed around. It's insane. I mean, a couple of plays you see him with his back turned to the lineman. Like, he's spinning but not even trying. Like, yeah, just just push me out of the hole. He had 70 snaps, seven tackles. That's not – no tackles for loss. It's not good at all. The touchdown we showed on the recap, right at him. Got, he, he's on the guy, but the guy's pushing right through him. He just And he's like, oh, yeah. Feel like shit after that game. I haven't played seventy snaps in forever. Well, guess what? You're getting paid thirteen million dollars. There's thirteen million reasons that you should be playing your ass off every snap of those seventy. Yep. And he just didn't. And he continues to fall short week in, week out. Absolutely. No, I, I, I think we're all I think we're all starting to worry if Fletcher Cox is gonna go out the way that Jason Peters did. You know, it, not not so favorably. Like I would, I want to look back on Fletcher Cox as one of my favorite Eagles, as somebody that contributed to a Super Bowl run, as somebody that I loved watching play. But if he keeps on this trajectory, he might go out like Jason Peters, and we're going to have a lot of recency bias against him. And thinking about all the bad times in the last three seasons, as opposed to you know what's what promises to be a pretty solid career overall, um, hopefully all with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so I, I love that nomination. Um, Kyle, I'll throw it over to you before I make my pick. 
So we, we have to pick bad dog of the week. Bad dog of the week. Who needs some crate training? I'm a guy that likes to focus on the on the positive here. Um, I, I'm life ain't go- all sunshine and rainbows, buddy. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. So I, I just do want to shout out Javon Hargrave. If we were doing a, a good dog of the week, he would be my guy. He continues to be a force. Two weeks in a row. Year. Um, but if we're gonna pick a bad guy, I'm gonna go with uh, Jalen Hurts. You know, not that I don't think he played terrible by any means. But he didn't take care of the ball a whole lot. Uh, his first pick, you know, that was actually just a great play by the safety, I think. But you know, ultimately, close game, division rival. You know, you gotta, you know, maybe make, make a big play down the stretch. Uh, you know, you're the quarterback. You know, you're the guy everybody looks up to. So it'd be nice to see. You know, kind of like a. I think you know he's the leading MVP candidate. So I don't know if you still need a statement game. But you know, you pull out a tight one where your team played like shit in a you know division game on prime time where everybody's watching. And that's kind of a statement type thing. So you would have liked to see that. So again, not that I want to shit on him or anything. I think he's had a tremendous year, but if I were to give anybody a, a negative dog of the week, it would be Jalen Hurts. All right. So Ooh. my bad dog of the week. It's Darius Slay. Terry McLaurin gaslit that defense. You're supposed to be a lockdown corner. Top three in the league. Big play slay. Yeah, all right. You're big play slay when you're making interceptions and locking people down. What happened on Monday Night Football? I'm a huge fan of Darius Slay. But Monday night, he let me down. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, I think that was more schematics. They had him in deep zone, which made no sense at all. Especially when they're running the ball over you, man them up. Yeah, but you know what? If I'm that motherfucker, which he which he claims to be, I'm going up to Gannon. I'm saying, "Yo, yeah, I got McLaurin. I'm traveling today." He he hasn't traveled with anybody since he arrived in Philly. Again, I don't think he played good. I, I get what you're saying, but I, he he wasn't responsible for all of Terry's yardage. I mean, and you know what I'm saying. I get it. I, I'm just you're a big time player. You got to rise up in that situation. This one guy is gashing us. Lock him down. I got you. Do what you tell me you can do. Hopefully, he comes back with a pick next week, and I forget all about it. All right, boys, vote it up. Where are we going? I'll go with Fletcher Cox. It's got to be Fletcher because it's week in, week out. I'm good with Fletch. Fletcher Cox, bad dog. Bad dog. Get in the cage. That's a big-ass cage. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. All right. Uh, you guys ready to move into a little bit better news? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Since Monday night, your team, your town, your Philadelphia Eagles have made not one – but two signings at defensive tackle, both former pro bowlers, one former all pro. We'll start it out with Ndamukong Sue. The most recent addition happened today around 2 o'clock this afternoon. Um, Jake, you threw it out on the Twitter earlier asking how we feel about it. So far, from what I see, it's overall positive. I think everybody's pretty excited about this. Um, I don't know if anybody on the Giants is excited about this. I think someone's going to get their hand stepped on. But overall, I'm feeling pretty good about the signing. And I think 
that this signing, as well as the other one we'll reference in a minute, um, are both indicative of a piss-poor run defense and how we need to stop the run up front. And by the way, $160 million on that defensive line, and you can't stop a fucking runny nose? Lots of money. That's a lot of money. It's the highest paid defensive line in the NFL. All right, guys, what are your overall thoughts on Dominican Sue? And then we'll dive into the other signing. I I like both of them. I mean, we're down. Um, I don't even want to try to pronounce the last name. Tio Pelotu. <laughs> I mean, he's out. So you're down to three defensive tackles. You go get two vets that can clog up the middle. And that's all you're going to ask him to do. I mean, 15 to 20 snaps for both of those guys. Clog it up. Maybe stomp on some people's heads or something. Rip off a helmet. Throw it 50 yards downfield. Fire the team up a little bit. But I, I can't complain about it at all. You went out and you got two vets that can come in right away and play. They'll understand schemes and things like that. So you don't have to coach them. Like, you could have went and got like a – a borderline practice squad guy, whatever, rip someone off someone's practice squad or, you know, undrafted um, free agent that got cut. You could always go that way too. But why not get two big hogs that are veterans that can come in right away and, and know what they're doing? So, Absolutely. I, I can't complain at all. Absolutely. So, Kyle, what's your thoughts on Dominican So? But both on Dominic Sue and Linval Joseph, I mean, I, I guess it's all right. You know, like you said, if there's anything that you can still do, run stuffing is better or easier than pass blocking or pass rushing once you've aged a little bit. Um, neither player is what they once were. But, you know, to, to be a rotational piece on the back end until maybe uh, big boy Jordan Davis can get back, I think it's fine. It's, it's not great, not terrible, but it's, it's definitely what they needed to do to maybe help out some of that depth there. Absolutely. I mean, you're down to three defensive tackles. And, uh, Kyle, you mentioned it, Linval Joseph, the other signing. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty high on both of these signings. Um, I think, like Jake mentioned, it's probably your best option at this point. Like you said, Jake, I mean, you can either go for an undrafted free agent that wasn't good enough for any of the other teams in the NFL and probably won't be good enough for our team. Um, you could go after somebody's practice squad, which, again – if they were that good, they'd be playing, right? Um, or you can go out and get these two guys that are bona fide vets. They can come in, um, and and they already understand kind of what they're doing. And, and defensive tackle is one of those positions that you can come off the street and know what you're doing. You know, a three technique is a three technique in every defense. You yeah, got to learn the terminology and stuff like that for, you know, different stunts and things of that nature. But we haven't really seen a whole lot of that from Gannon this year anyway, so – if they're going to continue to run this vanilla scheme up front, um, these are two guys that can certainly jump in right away and and play and and hopefully contribute from day one. Yeah, I mean, you just added 630 pounds to your defensive line up the middle. Um, you know, just, just clog it up. Third and that's long, right. you take them out, you put your pass rushers in there. But that's what you got to get to, third and long. We can't keep having these third and threes or shorter. You got to win first and second down, forcing you – know, that's how we've been forcing turnovers, making them play behind the sticks. Got to get back to it. And if you are in a third and short situation, I'd like to see a little bit more press coverage. Why are, yeah. the, why are the safeties that far back? 
It's third and three. I, I I highly doubt that they're going that they're going for the dagger play on third and three from the forty. At that point, it's all about taking care of the ball, maintaining possession, getting the first down. And you know what? If you get burnt deep on that, I'm going to feel a lot better about that than continuously giving up these third and shorts. Jake, what's your thoughts? Um, you know, overall on uh, Linval Joseph. I know we kind of referenced that already, but we haven't talked about him yeah, like uh, said, specifically. I'm happy with both signings. I mean, Linval Joseph is known for being a run stuffer. Dominic Sue did a little bit of both. Linval Joseph made his living bogging up the middle. Um, unfortunately, he, he wasn't on the team, but, you know, these guys are still in decent shape and maybe they're waiting. You know, a lot of look what Gronk did. Sat out the first half of the season, um, still kept his body right, and then went so he didn't have to do that training camp. He didn't have to do those eight games early in the season. These guys are coming in fresh. You got some fresh legs, um, and let's go on a run. I think that's the way they're looking at it. The difference between Gronk and these guys is Gronk chose not to play. These guys, they wanted to play, and nobody was willing to sign them until now. I think Sue wanted to stay out of it. I think Sue could have found Yeah, Sue stepped away. No. So then, why come back now? Because uh, same reason that Odell hasn't signed with anybody yet. He's waiting to see where he can go and possibly win a ring. All right. Not that I, not that I don't think that Sue needs anything else to add to his resume. Um, I, I think he's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. But um, you know, obviously, a, a few more Super Bowl rings, if he contributes. Um, would definitely bring him closer to being a first ballot. I think as it sits right now, he's probably third, fourth ballot Hall of Famer. Keep adding to the legacy, baby. That's what it's all about for, for these guys late in their careers. Yep. All right. Um, so before we do anything else, I think we should get our not-so-sharp picks of the week out of the way, hopefully give these people some time to make their plays, maybe take ours, maybe fade us. I know I've been on a, a bit of a cold streak lately, so mm -hmm. let's uh, throw it over. Not so sharp. Fix it a week. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Dude, I love that intro. It's great. Love that intro. Uh, not so sharp pixel weeks brought to you by our friends at Righteous Felon Beef Jerky. Um, I killed this pack, the uh, Bourbon Franklin, before we started the show tonight. That's what's fueling me tonight. Righteous Felon Beef Jerky. Make sure you use our promo code OCSN for 15% off your entire order from Righteous Felon. The best craft jerky your hard earned money can buy. 15% off promo code OCSN. Also, by our friends at Fanatics. Fanatics, for everything official, you got to go to Fanatics. And if you're going to Fanatics, make sure you use our link down in the description of this episode. Let them know that we sent you, um, us here at Sundays for the Birds and Old City Sports Network. So make sure you use that link when you go to Fanatics for everything official and everything you need this holiday season uh, make sure you use our friends at Fanatics. And last but certainly not least, our friends at Norse 
Beards. That's Norse, N-O-R-S-E, Beards.com. You want to look like the Norse gods. You want to look like Jake Long. You want to look like the mayor of John Street. Make sure you use our friends at Norse Beards. Promo code OCS gets you 25% off your entire order from our friends at Norse Beards. Let's get those beards in shape, boys. The cold weather is here. What looks better than a scarf? Than a beard. All right, our friends at Norse Beards. All right, not so sharp picks of the week. Let's go to the namesake of the segment. One, Kyle, not so sharp. Kyle, what you got for us this week? So, uh, uh, like you, we're gonna have to start calling this the uh, maybe the ice cold sharp picks because I've been terrible lately. But you know, you can never stop. Uh, so tonight I got a, a five legger on FanDuel. I'm gonna take Alan Lazard and Derrick Henry for anytime touchdowns. Both of them are the most consistent touchdown scorers for their team. I got Derrick Henry for a safe 80 yards. Uh, he got stymied by Denver last week. Should bounce back. 80 is a pretty uh, realistic number for him to hit. I got Lazard for 40 yards receiving. And then my dark horse guy of the week, I got Traylon Burks for 40 yards receiving. I'm telling you what, I really like him tonight. On a DK, I got a little 70 yards and a touchdown action for him in my long shot parlay. I, I think he's a really sneaky pick for tonight. But in this one, I just got him for 40-plus yards. $25 will pay you out 560 I like it. I like it. Uh, Tim checking in over on Facebook says, you'll be feeling it again in a couple weeks. Go, Pack, go. Um, as we like to say here in Philly, blow, pack, blow, uh, except for tonight, of course, because I do have them in my parlay, uh, <laughs> which leads me to my not-so-sharp pick of the week. Um, I also put together a little uh, little parlay here. I went, uh, let's see, I went six legs. I got the Packers money line. I got it going under 40 and a half points. Um, I think the Packers offense has been struggling a little bit here of late. Rogers still trying to get used to these new young receivers. And we all know what Tennessee likes to do. They like to run the ball. I think it's going to be a big game for both running backs, um, Eric, uh, Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry. Um, so, so far we got the Packers uh, money line under 40 and a half points. I have Derrick Henry as an anytime touchdown scorer because he is the Titans offense. Um, Aaron Rodgers to throw for 200-plus yards um, on alternate passing yards. I also have alternate rushing yards for both running backs. Um, Aaron Jones to go for 40-plus and Derrick Henry to go for 80-plus. Um, the odds are plus 2,084. I really don't feel that they're that long. Um, I have a risk-free bet on tonight. $25 risk-free same-game parlay from, uh, from FanDuel. Uh, no free ads, but from FanDuel. $546 total payout. Um, like I said, I, I think it's a little, I don't know. I think those odds might be a little too long for what I put together. I think, uh, I think the uh, under is really what's juicing it there. Well, Tim says he likes it similar to what I got. So it's an automatic loss. You might want to change something around. <laughs> you telling me this guy's a mush? Yeah. Every time, every time he bets, all I, all I get in the text messages, oh man, I shouldn't have did this. Shouldn't listen to Steve. Well, he does every week. So that, that that's every they they reel on the one leg they added to the parlay. Yep. yep. And by the way, I haven't been so cold. I did hit, uh, I did hit a parlay last week, uh, but unfortunately, I gave most of it back. So that's Steve. Who, uh, fuck you guys. Can't spell. <laughs> that's 
That's the one who uh, Tim always says, oh, I shouldn't listen to Steve. Steve says he's got fire bets. Yeah, he, he's a he's a bigger degenerate than uh, Kyle, 10 times bigger. I don't know about that. We might have to – we might have to compare what these two guys are. Uh, he, says, he says he can't even do four hundred dollar bets anymore. Too small. Four hundred's too small. Oh shit! Yeah. I mean, I don't know the volume he's betting, but he might be bigger than me. Oh, uh, he's like every night. He's a real degenerate. Yeah, I can't tell you the last time I gone one day without gambling. I mean, I don't know if that means I'm a problem, but. I'll tell you one thing. The further you get down a gambling rabbit hole, the more you realize that there is tennis being played somewhere on the planet at all times. Yep. And you can bet every fucking serve. Every serve. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you if you ever want to spice up your, uh, your afternoon bathroom routine at work, just throw like $1 bets on fucking on serves. I'm telling you, there's <laughs> tennis being played at all times across the fucking world. It's crazy. Uh <laughs> But uh, let's throw it over to you, Jake. What do you got here? Not so sharp pick of the week. Last week I missed the six-leg parlay on the, the Warner Hawk games by the shitty-ass Steelers actually winning the game. That was the only one I lost on. But this week I'm, I'm going to go to the Titans money line. I got the Eagles bouncing back against the Colts money line. Jets getting some revenge over the Patriots. I really like the Jets' defense. They uh, played them a close one uh, a few weeks ago. They ended up losing the Patriots. I think they get them this time. Commanders beating the Texans. The Texans' money line. Saints over the Rams. Um, the Rams are really smacked hard by injury bug. Even if Stafford plays, he's not going to be 100%, and he's not going to have his boyfriend Cooper Cup out there. And, yeah, that, that's my one, two, three, four, five picks of the week. Um, plus one nine nine eight. So a ten dollar bet will win you just under two hundred dollars. I like those odds. My birth year. Um, I'll be honest with you though. I I kind of if I were you, dude, I would leave that fucking that Saints Rams game alone. Um, if nothing else, because we hold the Saints pick, and yes. I wouldn't want oh, my my juju affecting that in any way possible. Yeah. Um, I want nothing more than for that to be a top five pick. That's true. I might have to take that out because I thought about that too. When when I was thinking about taking them for my uh, survivor, I was like, I don't want to root for those motherfuckers. Then right. if they lose, I'll be double pissed off because they <laughs> pick those up and then I lose my survivor. So I just stuck with the commies on my survivor. So if I cross that out, I'd probably still be like a plus 1500 bet. So 10 bucks will win you 150. There you go. Right on, boys. All right, that was not so sharp picks of the week. Let's uh, let's start over. Let's start previewing our game here against the Indianapolis Colts and new head coach Jeff Saturday. That's right, Jeff Saturday, interim head coach. One week of NFL coaching experience. He is one and zero. Somehow one and zero. Jeff Saturday. Um. I'm just going to come right out and say it. I'm not scared of the Colts. I'm not. Like, they have a revolving door at quarterback. Their offensive line hasn't played up to the standard. Um, Highest paid offensive line in football, and they have not played up to um, anyone's standard, much less their own. Uh, Defense is is still solid, but, you know, they've kind of been banged up a little bit, particularly at the the linebacker position. I know Darius Leonard has missed some time this year. That's really hurt them. Um, 
I'm just I'm not scared of the Colts. I'm really not. And and I think that the Eagles are going to be fired up and pissed off coming off of that loss um, against Washington. And I, and I think it's going to be a good thing for the boys to get out on the road together. You know, reconnect uh, and bond. You know, that's a big thing with Sirianni. Um, so I, honestly, I'm really not scared of the Colts at all. I'm, I'm interested to see what you guys think. Uh, Kyle, I'll start with you. So you guys aren't going to be happy to hear this, but I got the Eagles dropping two in a row. Um, I know Jeff Saturday was a really unpopular head coaching hire, but I think he is a great head coaching hire. He is a guy that just, you know, players will love to play for, I think. And contrary to what people think about the Colts, I know they got, you know, quarterback issues, you know, they, they're revolving around whatever, but you look up and down the roster for the most part, they're actually pretty talented. You know, some teams like the Texans are ass just because they got no fucking good players essentially, but the Colts got some talent. Um, they kind of reaffirmed their run game last week uh, with Jonathan Taylor. He had a nice long run, looked like Jonathan Taylor of last year. And all I hear is how bad the Eagles rush defense is. So maybe that's a little strength on weakness right there. But, you know, traveling on the road, I, I just got a bad feeling about this one. I think that, you know, the Eagles dropped this one again, I think 27 to 21. And uh, I look forward to listening to you guys talk about the Eagles game next week when they lose. The Eagles aren't losing this game. I mean, the Colts are averaging under 16 points per game. So to have them scoring 27 is absurd. Even if they do win, it would probably be like a 17 to 13 game. But I don't see their defense holding the Eagles 13 points. Eagles offense will be in a dome. I think they'll actually run the ball. And I, I'm hoping the Colts coaches overthink themselves and try to come in like, oh, the Eagles are going to do everything to stop the run, so let, let's do a bunch of play actions. And then that's going to cause Matt Ryan to get killed because he's a statue. Um, They didn't throw the ball that much last week in Washington. We still had three sacks. So if we stop the run, which I think we're going to do, we're going to key on it. Then I, I, once Matt Ryan gets behind, he's screwed. There's no way he can throw throw them back into it. And I, I think the Eagles roll. I think it'll be 27-17. All right, 27-17. I like it. Um, and, Kyle, I, I want to jump in on what, on what you had to say about Jeff Saturday. Um, I think you're right. I, I think he is going to be a guy that, that the team's going to love to play for. And I think in the long run, if things – continue to go somewhat well. I mean, obviously it's not going to really reflect on their record, um, but I think if they see some growth out of the team and, and, you know, moving forward, he continues to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. I think it'll be a, a solid play in the long run. I think he'll turn out to be a pretty solid head coach. Um, but beyond that, like, I just don't trust this Colts team to win two games in a row nor do I trust that the Eagles will drop two in a row. So, I mean, to, to me, I, I think it's a no-brainer that the Eagles win this one. Um, uh, I'm kind of with Jake. I think it's going to be a, a bit of a ball control game, a little bit low scoring. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to try and get back to what they do well. Um, you know, we, we saw it last week. Um, them trying to be a pass-happy offense came back to bite them in the ass. I think they're going to try and get back to basics, get back to what wins them football games, and that is running the ball. Um, uh, so I see it uh, relatively low score, relatively low scoring. I get the Eagles rolling twenty-one to ten. 
you know, I think we have a little bit of a disagreement because I think the Eagles are a pass first team, you know, regardless of what the splits say, a majority of their running is, you know, from a scrambles from Hertz and, you know, B when they're up in the second half, when they're in neutral game scripts, it's pretty clear. They want to be a passing team. Um, So just to throw that out there. And then also to circle back to Jeff Saturday, there's no doubt in my mind, he's the head football coach of the Indianapolis Colts for the foreseeable future or for the next couple of years. You don't bring a guy like that. That's not even on the coaching tree and make him the interim, unless you have plans for it for next year and a couple of years after. No, I, I agree. Um, here, here's another one going against the Colts, though, and, and I am going to try and sell you on the Eagles winning this game uh, before the podcast is over. While I agree that, that Saturday is going to come in and he's going to do some good things this season, like you're not going to be able to come in and implement an entire new offense and, and get them to do the things that – you know, that you're going to want to do. Like his fingerprints aren't really going to be on this team uh, from a schematic standpoint. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they already fired the offensive coordinator. They fired the head coach and play caller. I'd like to imagine that they're probably running still a lot of the same stuff. Like it's got to be a similar offense. Like you're not just going to come in and implement a brand new offense in a week. So this is this is an offense and a scheme that to this point hasn't worked this season, and, and I have no reason to believe that it's going to start to work now just because there's a guy with baby blue eyes on the sideline calling the game. The fact that you know he has baby blue eyes is just no, 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 no. If you've seen him on ESPN, everybody knows you see. I, I don't look into seen, people's no, eyes like that. Like stop, how long have stop. I known you? And you just told me earlier stop. that you have baby blue eyes. Like I, I, don't, I don't. No, no, no I don't have baby. I got blue eyes. I don't have baby blue uh, eyes. I got blue eyes. There. What's the difference? The difference is are bright blue. Jake, you know what I'm talking about. You've seen them on ESPN. I never like it's scary. I I never noticed his eye color. All right, we got to get a picture of Jeff Saturday up on the screen because you guys are gonna make me look like a fucking fruit. Hey, look, I I know they're running a lot, a lot of the same stuff. Obviously, you know his his fingerprints can't be all over the playbook and all that. I'm not arguing that, but again, I think going back to what I said earlier, I think he kind of reaffirmed to do what they were best at. And that was run the ball. Um, they were just in shotgun so much for the early part of this year. And I don't understand why maybe it was negative game scripts, whatever, but Matt Ryan was under center a lot more last week. And that's again, where it's easier to run, you know, for a running back like Jonathan Taylor, he can really gauge the setup of the line by the time he hits it. And he can get that one cut and go. Um, it, it's not like, I think the Eagles are going to get trashed. You know, they're probably, I mean, they're favored in this game. They should be obviously, it's just a little bit of a hot take. I mean, it kind of feels like the Eagles got some injuries. I mean, Devontae uh, is out, uh, or Avante, excuse me, not Devontae. You know, I think that's a big loss from what I've seen from Josiah Scott. He is not ready. I mean, he, he's gotten torched. You know, he's been fortunate enough that those plays weren't capitalized on, but he's looked terrible out there. So that's a big issue. You know, I mean, you guys are keep telling me about the run defense. You know, there, there's just there's some things here or there. I see this game being a lot closer than people think. I don't think the Eagles, you know, will roll in this one at all. No, I guess there's a differing of opinions, and we'll, uh, and I guess we'll see coming forward here. We will see next week. Um, there we go. See, you see the guy's eyes. Do, we, do you not? The, I, look, I wasn't calling you a liar. They're, when you they're you like a, eyes. a mix. I, I they're just, not that blue. You get what I'm saying? They they do stand out though. Like that's not normal. 
It's not normal that you that you knew his eye color yeah, right off the bat. Thank you, Jake. You guys I mean, are fucked up. Go. You guys are fucked up. Yep, right here. Steve says it's getting weird. Yeah, you started. I have no idea what our group chat looks like. You started it. Oh, I don't like him because of his eye color, the baby blue. No, I did not say that. that, that that's what it sounded his like. His eyes really like. pop out with that coach blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You guys. You fucking guys. All right. Let's preview next week. Let's go. Uh, let's go back to our dog of the week segment. Um, who we got? What are our predictions for dog of the week here? Kyle, start with you. Dog of the you going Javon Hargrave for the third week in a row, or what? What do you mean? I know two weeks ago I picked Dallas Goddard just for the record when he went off for eight for a hundred. So let's just throw that out there. Dog of the week. I gotta think about this one. You know what? I just mentioned him previously. I'm going to go Josiah Scott. You know, I think the Eagles kind of, or last week we talked about how McLaurin was moved around and they really, you know, gave him the matchups for him to exploit. I think if Colts are smart, I think they'd do the same thing this week. I think there's a clear weakness there. So he's going to have to play, not, not necessarily dominate, but he's going to have to hold his own to, you know, kind of eliminate some plays from the passing game. I hope so. Right. He's got to step up there. I like it. Jake, what do you got? Prediction, dog of the week. I'm going to go A.J. Brown. Um, I was going to go off my final thoughts about it, but the guy had one catch, only four targets, um, a rarity that he got a ball ripped out of his hands for an interception. I mean, the ball was literally in his hands. So that rarely happens. I know he's dealing with an ankle injury, but he's got to get more targets. And with Dallas Goddard out, they're going to run those screen plays. They got to start running the A.J. Brown getting them ball more any way you can get the ball in his hands. And I think they can do that against this Colts defense. Right on. Um, so I got one that's a little bit out of left field. Um, I've seen some promising things from this player um, in the in the limited amount of snaps that he's gotten, a limited amount of action and touches, I should say, that he's gotten. Um, I'm interested to see what Jack Stoll can do. Ooh. We always wondered the entire time that Dallas Goddard was behind Zach Ertz, you know, is he the heir apparent? Is he going to be, you know, the tight end of the future? And, and I think now we're kind of going to get a chance to see if some of that same talent is in Jack Stoll. Um, you know, there's a reason that he's been on the roster as long as he has been. Um, the Eagles kept him as a third tight end for the last few seasons. I think they're pretty high on him. Um, so I'm interested to see what he can do. Uh, you've seen some promising plays from him in the past game this year. Um, and he seems to he seems to pa uh, pass protect pretty well also, so I, I'm I'm really interested to see what Jack Stoll has to offer. Um, and honestly, I like I like him to score a touchdown. Oh, I'm taking nothing here. What's that? There's yeah. not there's not much tape on him in the red zone, um, especially as the first option at that position. They usually run blocking when he's in there in the red zone. Right, so they they don't know what kind of pass patterns they like to run them out of in the red zone. I, I think if this, I think if this coaching staff um, is looking to scheme anything for anybody in that red zone, I, I think uh, I'd really like to see if you know they could scheme something up for Jack Stoll because, like I said, there's no tape on him out there doing anything other than blocking in the red zone. So, I like it. 
is he going to play a majority of the snaps at tight end? You think, or are they going to mix in uh Grant Grant? Uh, what's his name? Yeah, Calcaterra. I don't know. My boy Tyree Jackson got called up. Tyree Jackson, they get called up, and he's a guy that uh, I know Merrill Reese has been really high on for the last few seasons. Um, ended up going on IR last year. Um, interesting to see if they're if they're going to mix him in at all. Um, he he's still a little bit of a project. Also, he yeah. is a uh, he is a converted quarterback to tight end. So um, you know, kind of interesting to see what they do that way. Um, I think that's more of a special teams move than anything. Um, but I, I do think you'll see Grant in there uh, mixed in there also. The Eagles do like to run a lot of uh, a lot of twelve personnel with with the two tight ends, a lot of two tight end sets. Um, so I, I think you'll see him mixed in there. I don't know how much he'll be involved in the passing game. Um, there are so many targets out there, and there's only so many touches to be had. I mean, you, you see it with Stoll. We really haven't seen him catch the ball much this year, um, even though he's played a, a pretty hefty amount of snaps because they do like running that twelve personnel. Sir, all right, you guys ready to move on? Final thoughts, let's get it. All right, final thoughts brought to you by our friends at Lou Guru. That's Lou Guru Custom Clothing. Uh, use our friends at Lou Guru, that's louguru.co for all your custom clothing needs. Use our friends up north at a border and let them know Old City Sports sent you. All right, guys, final thoughts. Kyle, you've been getting better at these, so I'm going to throw it to you. What do you got? Final my thoughts. My man, my man. Look, I, I mentioned it earlier, and I really do want to harp on it. They were in first in the conference before the loss. They're first in the conference after the one loss. They were never going to go 17-0. and You know, it's good to face a little adversity. You know, I think that's actually great for the Bills right now. They're going through, I think, uh, more of it than people expected. I think that builds character come the long run in the postseason. So the fact that they lost, is it's not the end of the world. They can learn from it, hopefully make some adjustments from the coaching staff. Just, just like I, I get it. I, I know how fans are. Like when you're so passionate about something, you're so upset, and you want to just, just absolutely reel on it. I, I get it. I really do. But just focus on the bigger picture, and that this team is still good. They're still better than most people expected, and I think they're going to continue to have success the rest of the season. All right, Kyle, not so sharp. Trying to bring some levity to this situation. I don't know, Jake. What, what do you got? Final thoughts. My final thought is that Britt Covey needs to be all um, sent down to practice squad. I need to uh, just stick Boston Scott back there. He he doesn't hit it hard. He he doesn't see it well. I'm not sure if it's just the scheme of the special teams or if it's him. But at this point, I'm going to blame it on an uh, undrafted rookie. Then I am going to do a special teams coach that's been in the NFL for a little while. So send Covey down, put Boston Scott down, back there, or Kenny G., and just let them hit a hole. Let them hit, get you five to ten yards. Don't hold your breath every time they're catching the ball. Just get a smart guy back there that's been there, done that, because it's going to end up costing us a game, and I hope it's not, you know, a big playoff game or a game to keep the number one seed or something like that. So I'm ready to move on from Covey. Not move on completely, but stuff them in the practice squad. I guarantee you nobody's taking them off of it. So yeah. um, get someone else back there. Yeah, you know what? There's something to be said, too, for having a guy back there that you know is going to catch it and you know is going to let it bounce when he should let it bounce. And he's not going to get caught up and get absolutely lined um, 
by the punt coverage team. Uh, I, I I agree. I, I honestly I was high on Covey at the start of the year. Um, I was hoping early on he just needed to get acclimated to the league. Um, but you're you're seeing it now, right? Uh, he's he's really struggling back there. And like you mentioned, Jake, he hasn't cost us a game yet, but I'm sure it's coming. There's going to be a huge play. I mean, what's what's more of a momentum swing than a huge special teams play? It's supposed to be, you know, you're you're kicking the ball to the other team. You're relinquishing control. You're relinquishing possession of the ball, and then all of a sudden, you get it back, and you're that much closer to the end zone. You know, so. The last thing we need is one of those big momentum swinging plays on special teams. I, that's a, that's a deep cut, but uh, I couldn't agree with it more, Jake. That's a great final thought by you. Um, final thought for me, I, I'm scared to death with Dallas Goddard out. I am scared to death. Um, while we do still have a ton of options in the passing game, um, you know what? Goddard is a hell of a blocking tight end also. Yep. You know, See. he's he's probably of all of the you know elite tight ends, the top five tight ends, he's probably the second best blocking tight end behind George Kittle. He's the second best true tight end. You know, Travis Kelsey is more of a slot wide receiver at this point than he is a than he is a true tight end. Um and you know, while I have faith in our offensive line and you know all of those things, um, I just I, I really I think this team's going to miss Goddard. There's a lot of plays that are schemed for him. He's a huge red zone target, um, and, and I think it's really going to hurt not having Goddard there, not having the threat. Um, you know, we, we've seen it earlier on in the season where they kind of they set up certain plays off of that tight end screen pass to Goddard. Um, one of them a couple of weeks ago was a was a deep touchdown pass. Um, earlier on in the game, Goddard, Goddard had caught one of those tight end screen passes, and he took it for, you know, five, seven yards first down. Um, later on in the game, they set up a similar play, but they had somebody ripping up the seam. I can't remember who, um, but they ripped up the seam, and they ended up going for, you know, 30, 40 yards. So just having that threat there, you know, ha- having somebody having tape on a guy um, that can that can set up other plays um, if you decide to go a different route with the ball, uh, I think that's going to be huge. I think it's going to affect the offense, and I think it's going to affect the uh, the play calling more than anything else. Um, so Dallas Goddard, get right, get healthy, and uh, last but not least, um, you guys saw it on Twitter. We threw out the bat signal for Jordan Davis, another guy that we're hoping gets right, gets healthy. So, Jordan, I hope you're out there rehabbing like the dog that you are. Uh, I hope you come back. And uh, I'm still sorry about what I said at the draft party. <laughs> uh, well. With that, What's up? To me as well. <laughs> with that being said, guys, uh, we can't appreciate everybody enough for rocking with us here live tonight. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube Live, everybody over on the audio side. And while you're at it, guys, don't forget to check out all the other Awesome shows on Old City Sports Network. Uh, check us out, oldcitysports.com, uh, and check out all the social media handles as well. There's always something crazy going on over there. Check out all the other awesome shows. We got you covered across all ends of the spectrum and all ends of the United States. Hell, we even got an Anaheim Ducks podcast, so make sure you check them out. If you're a fan of the Ducks out there, check out our friends over at Ducks and Pucks. 
once again, guys, thanks for rocking with us live here tonight. We'll see you right back here next Thursday, hopefully 9 and 1. Go, Birds! B-A-T-A.